June 30th, 2019. Max Scherzer is amazing. And the Nationals go 5-1 against the Marlins and Tigers to put themselves over 500 and firmly back in contention. Plus, the All-Star rosters get announced. Who got snubbed? And MLB's Sisterhood of the Traveling Baseball heads to London. Where should it go next? From Boston, Massachusetts, it's Johnny Rash. From Bethesda, Maryland, it's Jacob Rash. This is the Rashcast with Jake and John. Hi there, and welcome again to the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. Uh, so we uh, last week obviously had Jeff Passan on the podcast. Uh, today we are back to the old format because yes. we were too lazy to go out and book another guest. I didn't start enough shit on Twitter with a uh, respected baseball uh, reporter, so... No guests this time. You got to do that. That works most of the time. We found this out. Yeah, it's true. I've gotten 100% success rate. Uh Uh, But we do still have a lot to talk about. The Nats uh, came back and had a 5-1 week. Uh, They swept the Marlins, took two out of three in Detroit against the Tigers, concluding today with a 14-strikeout, eight-inning performance from Max Scherzer. Uh, yeah. And you know what? Honestly, <laughs> to be honest, it was a little disappointing because he gave up four hits, and I would have been completely unsurprised if he had given up zero hits. I mean, disappointing is a little bit unfair. It's it was still a fantastic start. I mean, well, he shouldn't is... raise expectations so high. <laughs> he struck out fourteen guys. He eight shouldn't be so strikeouts. good all the time. Eight inning, fourteen strikeouts, one run, no walks. I yeah. Mean, just wait for his next start against the Royals. I think that's he could also get a no hitter then. He'll be wearing those Expos blues uh, on Saturday. But yeah, Max Scherzer his win, his start today was worth uh, 0.5 FWAR alone. He's now up to 5.1 <laughs> on the season FWAR, which is a whole you know win and some change more than the next best starter. Um, it, he's just so good. I don't yeah, think we can say. Th- I don't think we can say it enough how good he is at pitching. I mean, it's it's interesting enough to say that he's so good at pitching. But the the fascinating thing is this may have been the best month of his career, which yeah. to me, I mean, the guy was a Hall of Famer more likely than not before this season, uh, and then he goes out and he has the the best month of his career. He wins every single start this month. Goes six and zero. Oh, uh, Three starts of eight innings, three starts of seven innings, strikes out at least ten in every start except one where he struck out nine. Uh, doesn't give up more. I mean, doesn't give up more than than two runs in any start. Uh, I mean, going back to May twenty second, he's made eight starts uh, and he's got an ERA well under one in those eight starts. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, his fastball velocity is faster than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. The guy is, is turning 35 in a month and he's still somehow getting better. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, I think the, the they were having this discussion on, uh, on Masson 
today, in like the second or third inning, about mm-hmm. what sort of thing defines Max Scherzer. You know, they, they were talking about how some starters are defined by their quest to get a title. Some are defined by their quest to put up Cy Young numbers or whatever. I think the thing that defines Max Scherzer is, I mean, obviously the insane competitiveness, but just the willingness to constantly work and refine your craft in order to, you know, pursue these very marginal advantages and just keep improving and getting better. I mean, the guy has trouble against left-handers. He adds a curveball. Uh, wants to strike out more left-handers. He adds a cutter. Uh, you know, he makes adjustments between starts uh, that, you know, I mean, obviously all starting pitchers do that, but he just, he seems to have this insane edge to him where, you know, whatever needs to be done to improve, he's able to do it. I mean, he's like, he's like the Mike Trout of pitching. Yeah. I think, I hate this term because it's, you know, it's overused and it's also kind of trite, but he, he's a gamer. Um, he, he goes out there every fifth game and he, you know, something great could happen at any time. His, his, you said his work ethic is incredible. I mean, he wants to be on the mound anytime he can be. It's, it's truly incredible. I don't think I've seen anyone like him. You know, he's very Ryan-esque, Nolan Ryan. Where I, he, I think he's more Bob Gibson-esque. I mean, that's, Gibson? that's, I think that's, if I had to define a comp for him, I would think of Bob Gibson. Uh, just the insane competitiveness, the sort of contempt that he holds every single person who's in his way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it's amazing to watch him. Uh, and I know that, you know, gushing over Max Scherzer, but it's just. I feel like we do this, I feel like we do this every podcast. Well, yeah, because every week he does something amazing. <laughs> Especially this month. I mean. It's like uh you know that kid from the Incredibles when uh yeah you know after after Mr. Incredible smashes the car what were, and no, what were you expecting I don't know something amazing I guess right exactly yeah. so and that's that sure sir like oh my god no walks today either and he just it, you know his last 15 pitches like there was no doubt he was yeah. going to go out there and strike out the side today <laughs> No doubt at all. And he just, I mean, he's mowed best. through, obviously, you know, apart from Cabrera, not not very good hitters, but still. No. And it was well, Cabrera's not, Cabrera's a shell of what he was. I mean, Castellano's probably the best hitter on that lineup. Well, I mean, in terms of, of putting bat on ball, Cabrera still has that talent. Yeah. Uh, but the point was that he just, like, I mean, his, his second to last or third to last pitch was 98 miles an hour. He, he he had it all working today. His changeup was the best it's been all season long. Uh, he threw one that started up and away, like the the up and away corner of the zone, and ended up in the dirt. And I I just I don't know how he does it. The guy the guy's got three plus plus pitches uh, that he can throw for strikes at any time. He's got two other pitches that he uses. You know. Very effectively, especially that cutter. I mean, I don't know. It's just... He's great. If there was ever, you know, 
a more complete pitch. I mean, there have been better pitchers than Max Scherzer, although at his peak, he's probably, you know, the, the, the problem with Scherzer in terms of his, his Hall of Fame case is rock solid, but in terms of that upper echelon Hall of Fame case thing is that he's really only been this guy for now seven years. Uh, and, you know, That's outside still a pretty of long that, time. Seven years is a long time. The, the peak is fine. Uh, the problem is that apart from that peak, you know, he's got five mediocre to pretty good years. Uh, and, um, the truth is, is that we don't know how long this peak is going to last. Yeah. I mean, keep saying it's going to end sometime, but will it? I, I mean, it obviously will not be this good forever, but you say that we say that every year and then he comes out and gets better and better. I mean, you bet He's against like a... Max Scherzer at your own risk. Yeah. Well, it's... I think Major League Baseball agrees with us cause, about how great Max Scherzer is because he was just named to his seventh consecutive All-Star game. And alongside with him, Anthony Rendon will be joining him in Cleveland for his first ever All-Star game. And he seems pretty mad about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so his, his quotes today were every single sentence that he, uh, you know, he was talking about the all-star game. He ended with, if I decide to go. Yeah. He really just does not want to do this. I mean, I don't blame him. He loses all, he loses his four days off. He has to go to Cleveland. Who wants to go to Cleveland? Mm -hmm. Don't you get paid extra for making an all-star team? Don't you get a bonus? I mean, it depends on the contract. Some guys have it in their contract that they do. Well, I mean, he definitely deserved it. I mean, it's more than obvious that he deserved it. Well, he's uh, deserved it many, many times. seasons. Yeah. I mean, the guy is among the the best players in baseball. Obviously, you know, he's sixth in the NL in WAR, and that's sort of in, he's top ten in baseball in WAR. Right. I mean, he's yeah. hitting. Obviously, I mean, including today, he's hitting three eleven uh, OPP, just under four hundred. The slugging percentage is six thirty. Obviously, that's inflated by the juice ball, but still, mm. yeah. I mean. He's the problem with Rendon in terms of getting hype is that he just, you know, he does everything well and he doesn't mm -hmm. do anything like he doesn't hit long 500 foot home runs. Mm -hmm. uh, he makes good defensive plays, but I don't think he's ever made one that's like jaw dropping. Right. Top. He's five. reliable. He's the most yeah. reliable player in baseball. He he walks a lot. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton. He, he's just, you know, he's just, he's an above average base runner. He does everything pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, with him slugging 630, he's doing one thing really, really well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, honestly, like, he's kind of like Mike Trout light. Yeah. Does a lot of things very well. I mean, yeah, obviously he's not, not as well as Trout. As Trout. Trout. No, but, but, you know, the same kind of mentality where, you know, there are very few weaknesses in their game. Right. And then they, they just sort of go unnoticed because, you know, while they, they do don't everything right. Yeah. Well, Trout's got other stuff. I think Trout is probably a more exciting player than we give him credit for. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, frankly, he's on the West Coast. He plays for an American League team. I don't watch him that much. Uh, and yeah, I'm probably missing something, but uh, not, yeah. yeah, he's very good. But um, he made the all-star team as well. Whoa, no way. Yeah. Really? So getting back to our discussion about the all-star team. Yeah. Um, so the notable some, uh, misses for the Nats, at least. Um, 
snubs for the Nats from the All-Star team. Uh, Juan Soto, who I personally thought should have been an All-Star. You know, War doesn't like him this year because his defense is awful, which, fair. but His defense I, really is awful. It's, I mean, it is, he's a first baseman at heart. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I don't understand it, though. The truth is, you know, his speed is – he's a fast person. Yeah. Like, he's – he just, just – I don't know. I mean, he, he got to the big leagues on his bat. Uh, uh-huh. And, you know, you would hope that eventually the other stuff would follow, but hasn't yet. Well, his bat's good enough to carry him this far. More than yeah. good enough. Um, so I thought that would maybe get him to the All-Star. I mean, he's one of the most exciting young players. I thought maybe he'd make an All-Star team. Didn't make it. Uh, there was some talk about Strasburg maybe making the team. I personally wanted to put him in. He if he pitched like he did a little bit more consistently over the past month, he would have been an All Star. But this last month really put him behind, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it was a, it was a rough month. Uh, the truth is, you know, FIP still likes him a lot, uh, but that ERA is not very good. No, uh, you know he's still he's tied for the National League lead in wins, mm-hmm. which. I mean, doesn't mean much, but I guess it means something. Yeah. Uh, actually, he's not tied for the National League League when it wins anymore. Brandon Woodruff now has 10, so Strasburg's 9. Gotcha. Uh, so he's tied for second. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's essentially every single season that he's been healthy, Strasburg has been an all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know... I don't know, you know he was he was maybe the seventh or eighth best pitcher in the National League. If you uh, don't have to put Alcantara on there, maybe you put him on. Right. Alcantara has been good though this year. He's I mean he had a bad start last time out against the Nats, but he still had been had been rock solid for about a month before that. And listen, I, I mean, there's no reason for the the All Star Selection Committee uh, to go out and do the Nats any favors. No. Uh, the Nats are a, a mediocre team. You know, they're on this hot streak, but the truth is they are a a pretty good team with a very bad bullpen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what and, you can say about a lot of teams, though. Well, yeah, a lot of teams have bad bullpens. But the point is that the, you know, the, the Nats aren't one of those teams you got to go out and reach for, for a lot of other All-Stars. Uh, you know, unlike, say, the Minnesota Twins, yep. uh, getting to our next conversation, which about is snubs. snubs. Yes, and I, as I'm wearing my Max Kepler twin shirt right now, I'm going to talk about why he was a snub. Um, kid from Berlin puts up his best numbers, 134 OPS plus this year, hitting 269. Uh, this is not updated to today. This is baseball reference. Hitting 269, 892 OPS, um, 21 bombs. I mean, it's a look at the numbers. He should be an all star. Uh, unfortunately. There isn't really anyone who you, it's a clear you point to and say that guy shouldn't have been an all-star, especially on the offensive side of the AL. Um, you can maybe make the argument for Mookie Betts not being an all-star because he's been really terrible against righties this year. Um, but he still puts up good numbers. Reigning MVP, you want him on the team. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kepler, I think, should have been an all-star. Maybe even Austin Meadows, who was hurt for a bit. Uh, but they have identical numbers. But I would have liked Max Kepler to make it. You want to look, I, the the Twins' only representation this year comes from Jorge Polanco, who's a starting shortstop, and Jake Odorizzi. Um, and the best shout player, out to the the voters, by the way, 
for Frank I mean, Polanco. Jorge Polanco is not a, a household name. No. I mean, he's been great this year. He's been the best shortstop in baseball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's not a household name. And, the, you know, the voters put him on, in over a guy like Xander Bogarts. Uh, played for a much better notes. No, Bogarts and Devers didn't make it. That's surprising. They're both stumps too, I'd say, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that people in Boston are kind of mad about that. But yeah. the point is that, you know... They're rioting the twin... in the streets, actually, Jake. What? They're rioting in the streets right now. You can hear them. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. right. You are in Boston, so you can yeah. sort of gauge fan opinion. Yeah. Yeah, you should go up and run into some people and accost them and ask them if they're mad about Raphael Devers. Yes. See what answers you get. Just mm-hmm. throw a boom mic in their face like uh, like Kyle Mooney's character. Yeah. Um. Anyway... So about the Twins. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're one of the best teams in the AL, and it'd be nice to have a little bit more representation from them uh, on the roster. My other snub um, is another twin, and it's Jose Barreos, who has been great this year. Um, two eight nine ERA. Strikeouts aren't you know he's eight point two K per nine, but he's he's taken the next step, which I really thought he would. He has great stuff, and. Yeah, Odorizzi made it. I would have put him over Odorizzi, probably. Um, well, yeah. I mean, the truth is that Odorizzi's numbers are somewhat luck-based. Mm-hmm. I mean, Odorizzi has that great ERA, but also he's Just, giving up a ton of fly balls, and none of them are going out of the ballpark. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, feels like that's kind of luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that it isn't, but, I mean... I wouldn't bet on Jake Odorizzi having the, the better term. year total over yeah. Brios. So, yeah. So those are my snubs in the AL. Who do you got in the NL? My NL snubs. So, uh, I would say that one of the bigger and more obvious snubs on the offensive side is Max Muncy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't feel like we, we talk enough about Muncy and the insane career renaissance that the guy has had since he's become a Dodger. And listen, I understand him not making the all-star team last year. Uh, you know, the last year uh, he was new. He'd only played about a month and a half as the starter. Uh, but this year he's hitting 281. He's got a 550 slugging percentage. You know, he's playing first and second. Uh, you know, he's got 20 home runs. He's decent defensively. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's a complete player somehow. And the guy is, since he's arrived in Los Angeles, he's hit 55 home runs and 810 plate appearances. He's, I mean, he's got a 153 OPS plus, you know, over that time period, uh, Let's see if we can find out. Uh, but over that time period, very few players in the NL have been better than him. Uh, matter of fact, he is the fifth best player in the NL since he joined the Dodgers in 2018. By the way, Rendon is second best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just it doesn't make any sense that, that Muncy wouldn't make the team. I mean, I, I get it. He kind of looks like a bowling ball. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's still got to shake that sort of – you know, Who the hell is Max Muncy mentality? Right. I mean, he's 28 years old. But, I mean, it's been a year and a half. 
the breakout is real and the guy should be an all-star. Uh, and yeah. then my, uh, my pitching snub, one that I was kind of surprised about, I sort of get it, but, uh, you know, Max Freed was surprising. Uh, I expected that Freed would make the all-star team. You know, he'd been getting a lot of buzz. People have been talking about him. And listen, the, the Braves got uh, three all-stars. They got Acuna, they got Freeman, and they got Soroka. No surprise there with Soroka. But, uh, you know, I was just surprised given, you know, Freed's ERA is 396. It's not great. Uh, he, I just, I thought that uh, with the guy's stuff, with the amount of buzz he'd been getting, that he would make the all-star team. Yeah, uh, I think I think Freed falls into a similar category as Strasburg, where their last month really did him in again for not making the team. Uh, right. Since May twenty eighth, Freed has a five eight five ERA. Right. Um, so that's you know before then his ERA was at, sitting at two eight eight. Right. Um, so so guess... it really was that last month that really inflated his ERA and probably he had a four oh three ERA going into his start on oh he's starting tonight his last start. Um, right. So. I think yeah, I mean it's it's, it's I, just obviously you're dealing with a lot of small sample sizes here. Yeah, it's three months uh, of it's, season. It's three months of a season, and and Freed doesn't have the track record of you know some of the other players that that might have also been snubbed. Yeah, um, so the All Star Game is next Tuesday night, um, and the night before that's the Home Run Derby. Field's Woo! looking pretty strong this year, as opposed to last year. Got a yeah, lot my of exciting... big surprise. They they're uh, there are two. Switch hitters, yeah, in the in in Josh Bell and Carlos Santana, mm-hmm. uh, and I I can't remember switch hitters appearing in the home run derby. I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, yeah. do they? I think they pick they... a side beforehand. I think that's why I read. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh. So you know that'll be fun. I still two spots open. You know, I'm hoping that maybe Juan Soto will get a nod. He'd be fun mm-hmm. in the in the home run derby, but yeah, who knows? Um. But the other big the other big story around baseball this week was uh, the Yankees and Red Sox playing the first Major League Baseball game in Europe. Uh, they played two games set of what you could call baseball. I don't know. First game hmm. seventeen to thirteen. Second game twelve to eight. Uh, Yankees taking them both. Um, it really you know it was weird. It was weird watching it. I think not just being in London. But just the way that the games went was very strange. Uh, they didn't really feel like actual be- – I don't know. I didn't get to watch that much of them. Uh, but what I did watch, it didn't really feel like I was watching a Major League Baseball game. No, and that wasn't really because of the the location so much as the, the brand of baseball that they played. You know, there were 50 runs scored in two games. And uh, a lot of – you know, the pitchers blamed a lot on uh, – they Deficit. just seemed like they – they couldn't get a uh, a break on their curveballs or, or their uh, breaking pitches. They couldn't get the the mm-hmm. edge on those. And you know, uh, there were a lot of theories about that. Uh, was the game being played at too low of an altitude? Was it, I mean, it, I don't know. I have no idea why it was, but mm-hmm. it was still fun, even if it was weird baseball. Yeah. So it looks like Major League Baseball wants to expand, you know, internationally, especially in Europe. There talks about this, you know, taking games even further in Europe, you know, changing this around year, to different stadiums. Um, 
maybe doing one. I think you know, there's a little bit of talk about the Netherlands as an as a possible uh, place that they could play next year. Um, I think that would be interesting. You do have a lot of Dutch players, but a lot of them come from Aruba, Curacao, not exactly from um, from the Netherlands, from the Netherlands. but. You know, there is baseball there, I guess. I there's mean, a, the, the there's question a few Netherlands is, players. yes, there is a, there's a professional league in the Netherlands. There's also one in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Netherlands, the Dutch team, or the Dutch professional league is better than the Italian league. Yeah. But the Italian league is, is at least, you know, somewhat reputable. Uh, but the, you know, major leagues didn't decide to go to London because... Uh, it's the market. Yeah, they went because they didn't decide to go because there was a baseball hotbed. Uh, they went because uh, it's the biggest market. They could sell a whole bunch of seats, and because they're trying to sort of emulate the uh, the NFL's approach. The NFL has, frankly, you know, really developed a foothold in uh, in the UK as a result of their playing the games overseas. A lot of I Jacksonville just, Jaguar fans over there. Well, they see them every single year. So yes, uh, but uh, you know, it was it was a combination of that and Madden, which became mm-hmm. hugely popular in the UK. Uh, but the truth it's is, similar I thing that happened here with FIFA too. Uh, yeah, to some a... extent, I think I think soccer, or, or you know, the uh, you know, United States is an a dormant uh, soccer hotbed has sort of been. You know, a, a twenty-five year journey from the mm-hmm. the ninety-four World Cup on, but yeah. uh, plus it was already a, a big popular sport to play here, uh, at least as kids. You know, it doesn't face the same sort of uh, institutional uh, barriers as baseball does in the UK, because mm-hmm. uh, kids already play soccer here. Yeah, and uh, but. So the point is that, that baseball wasn't looking to go to a, uh, a hotbed for baseball already. Uh, but, you know, if they were looking to go elsewhere, I would say, you know, maybe have a game in Korea at some point. I think yeah. that would be fun. You know, it would be an uh, interesting place that's starting to develop major league talent. I don't know if that? you do this in the regular season, but South Africa. Um, yeah. They now have... Gobe, they have uh, who else got called up this year? I can't remember. Um, yeah, but they've now had two major league baseball players. It seems like South Africa is starting to become a place where baseball is starting to become a little bit more popular. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the, they've already been to Australia. They they've played games in Puerto Rico. They played mm-hmm. games in Mexico. Uh, they're they're visiting all of the hotbeds for baseball. Yeah. Uh, they've never played in the Dominican. Yeah, uh, and there was an interesting article that came out from James Wagner. Uh, yesterday that was wondering why that was mm-hmm. uh, the truth is it would take a lot of investment in order to turn any of the Dominican facilities into uh, major league quality facilities but uh, you know with the amount of talent that Major League Baseball gets out of the Dominican Republic and with the amount of money that they put in to the country and frankly, to the Buscones and into bribes and all that, uh, they could absolutely afford to uh, to help fix up one of those facilities. I mean, think of it as a public service, given how much the island's given to you. 
Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think, you know, it doesn't hurt to, you have already investments in Dominican baseball from major league clubs with Dominican leagues. Um, you know, they have their camps and with major league baseball teams have Dominican camps. Um, but it should be, you know, it, it would be worth the investment really to put a facility there that's major league quality. Because if you have like a game there every year, like you're starting to do in Puerto Rico, you have a lot of already players from the Dominican. It'd be a lot of fun for them. It would be, you know, fun for the young Dominican players who would get to see Major League Baseball. It, it, it'd be a really good experience, I think, in the Dominican. Yeah, I'd say they should really – I don't know. I, I have issues with the way that, that baseball has approached this whole international exportation. You know, they already have so many places that are – you know, I, I just think that, that yeah, it, it would have been nice for them to actually aid a country that's baseball crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of going you know, to London. Instead of going to London and trying to manufacture something that yeah. wasn't ever going to happen. I agree. That's why I don't think – I don't like the Europe because baseball is not big in Europe and I don't really know if it ever will be. It's just – No. You know, I mean, listen, it's don't, it's – it's reasonably big in the Netherlands, but you know MLB is not going to go to the Netherlands because they can't make as much money as they can off of London. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. It's the games were fine. They were fun. Uh, you know, I, I like that it's continuing. It doesn't. I mean, there's nothing that's stopping them from going to both London and uh, the Dominican Republic. Yeah. But uh, you know, focus closer to home on where baseball's already, you know, big and when you can make a big difference with some sort of investment. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, next week we'll have Jeff pass on the podcast. As uh, always. As he's, always. He's coming every other week. Uh-huh. No, course. but if you would like to be a guest on the Nats uh, Rashcast, whatever this thing is called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you are a professional baseball writer. Uh, <laughs> and come find us. We will harass uh, you on Twitter. Yes. Um, we also, love harassing people on Twitter. If you have a name for this podcast, because we are thinking about changing it, because yes. we have been owned enough times about the name. Um, and frankly, the Rashcast was just sort of a, uh, a, a placeholder name. name. We didn't actually expect anyone to ever listen to this thing. So. And I don't think anybody is. Um, no. Yeah, so if you have a name for our podcast and you have suggestions, just uh, you could tweet at us, either me or Jacob, or you could just scream them at the top of your lungs and maybe we'll hear it. Yep. Um, uh, but anyway, that's it for us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you guys next week. See you next week.